A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday, Dan. Happy Saturday to you. <laughs> to you also. What is that? A dumb way to say it? Is that what you're getting at? The way you're laughing at me? Pointing a finger? Never. I have a fragile, fragile ego. Paper thin skin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Do you have big plans for today? Uh, No, I don't actually. (laughs) Haley, you got to at least make something up. I'm. I think that's pretty relatable. I'm going to circumnavigate the globe today. See, that's how it's done. Dan, what are you doing today? Circumnavigating the globe. Well, now you just sound like a liar. <laughs> but at least I'm interesting. People would want to hang out with me just to find out what I'm going to say next. Fair enough. And then discount it. Well, what do we got on the show? We've got a lot of stuff to cram into what feels like a small amount of time, a yeah. short amount of time. I kind of want to get moving on this first one because... Well, we got to still tell everybody what's coming up on the rest so that they'll hang out. Okay. Well, actually, let's just forget that. We, we've got too much stuff. Haley's going to regale us with conversation about recycling. Yeah, recycling the right way. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's kind of crazy. I think I've been breaking a lot of rules. um, Well, we have established that on previous shows that you don't care about rules. Well, you like to follow them, so this will be good for you. Right. I will follow all of these to a T. Just tell me what I've got to do. All right. Number one, avoid tanglers. This is an industry term. Okay, tanglers. Like grocery bags, thin plastics, essentially. Okay. Uh, they get caught in the machines, and you can essentially shut down a plant from putting grocery bags in your recycling. Really? Yeah. Like it, it sabotage nags up. Well, we, we would never do that on purpose. This no. is an accidental exactly. act. And it, have you ever done this? I've, oh yeah. Okay, you have. <laughs> yeah. You've shut down plants. I mean, I must have because. See, you're I've getting there. That's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning. Done what are that. you doing this weekend? Shutting down a recycling plant. <laughs> You've done it. So you avoid that by not putting these bags, all of these thin plastics in your recycling. You deal with them by compiling them and then bringing them to supermarkets, yes. grocery stores and things like that. Usually they will have receptacles that right will yeah, allow you to recycle all of these items, not just the grocery bags. Yeah, sandwich bags, cereal bags, any of the thin plastics that we wrap stuff in. Yeah, so you could probably find that information out on the store's website, or you could give them a call if they've got those things. Don't put those items in your recycle bin. Haul them back to the grocery store. Exactly. Another good one, nothing smaller than a credit card should go in the recycling. So bottle caps, coffee pods, plastic cutlery. What is a coffee pod? Like if someone has a Keurig. Oh, a Keurig. You know, those things. Yeah, the cool people have the Keurigs. Well, I we're cool people and we don't have Keurigs, so that can't be true. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah that's not true <laughs> at all. Maybe the cool people don't have Keurigs. Well, those can also jam the machines. So again... What are a- these machines made of? <laughs> they can't get through this stuff? No, no. They really can't. It's a big deal. Bottle caps are kind of terrible because people will just throw them in on their own and not put them back on the bottle. Putting them back on the bottle is okay? Yes. They can be on the bottle. They just can't be loose. Anything smaller than that credit card size is where the issues come into play. And bottle caps are the biggest culprit. Now, what about, I know when we had milk cartons that we would send back, we would always crush those flat 
Is that just something that mom had us do because it was busy work? No, it was really smart. That's actually. a good thing to yep. do. What happens if the cap is on with a, a normal bottle? It goes to the machine, it gets crushed, and then it shoots off the bottle cap. Oh, I bet that's scary. Yeah, probably, right? They probably put an eye out with one of those. <laughs> so it's really nice of you to crush it before you put the cap back on. All right, but keep the caps on. That's all good. What do you got next? The biggest problem next is food waste. So everything that goes into the recycling bin has to be empty, clean, and dry. Paper is super easy to recycle, but if it's contaminated with food waste, especially grease, Mm -hmm. uh, it causes holes in the final recycled paper product. So they'll really just get rid of trucks of recycling if the contamination is that serious. Like just completely toss it. Right. So it doesn't get recycled at all. It's infected the paper goods so much. So it's important to make sure that we're actually emptying things completely. Oh. Clean. <laughs> I'm an infector. <laughs> I think I am too because I didn't realize that I should like shake things out so thoroughly after I rinse them. So I've been throwing them into the recycling with kind of a little bit of standing water at okay. the bottom of Not the bottle. Good. Not shake good. Shake that out. Pizza boxes. What do you got to do? Peel the the greasy parts out? Exactly. Yeah. With pizza boxes, I always think, can I recycle this? It's cardboard. I think I can. I'll just throw it in there. And that's the next biggest thing that people do is this wishful cycling. We hope that it can be recycled, so we throw it in there without really knowing if it's going to be accepted or rejected. So how do we figure that out? Well, there's sites that we're going to link to in the show notes that'll tell you exactly what you can and cannot recycle in our area. But if you're running stock in the moment and you're not sure if you can put it in the recycling, it's better to just throw that away rather than risk contaminating an entire truckload. Right. The biggest thing to take away from all of this for me is that we can go through all of this work and do all of this stuff to help. And actually, we might end up having all of our recycling thrown away anyway. Yeah. So you better do it right if you're going to do it. Exactly. And they've got a little cheat sheet on there. It'll tell you you know, what you can recycle, what you can't. And you can just post those notes above your recycling bin so you remember, train yourself, make sure that what you're trying to get to the recycling plant actually makes it there. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with Peter Ogle, who runs our online chat. And more importantly, Peter is going to talk eventually about his last name and it's got such a great story it's pretty fantastic you're going to want to be here for that that's all coming up just ahead stick around helping you turn your house into your dream home this is the repco light home improvement show presented by benjamin moore on news radio wood 1300 and 1069 fm And we're back. And Haley, you and I, we have talked over and over again on the show about the chat function that we have on the RepcoLite.com website. And it's something that we launched probably about a year or so ago, right right in the middle of the whole COVID thing. (laughs) And we thought, we'll launch this so that even if the stores are closed, which they Mm -hmm. were for a couple of weeks back then, there was still somebody who can answer questions in case people ran into issues on a project. Yeah. And when we first launched it, the ideal was to run it past the normal business hours. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. (laughs) That was, yeah, I don't think anybody (laughs) wants to talk to us at that point or to that level. hope not. I certainly don't want to man it for those times. But yeah, that was the big issue that we ran into is trying to find somebody who could run it into the evening hours. And finally, uh, we did. We found somebody, Peter Ogle. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. When did you start running the chat exclusively on your own? 
Um, I would say almost a year ago at this point. Uh, I got so, it from you, uh, and then I think it took about a month for you to hand it completely over to me. Yeah, and then you, you stretched the hours. So right yes. now you run it from when? 8 o'clock a.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, and then Saturdays? Uh, store hours, 8 o'clock a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. All right. So anytime during that time, if you've got a question, even if the stores are closed, you can get online. Repcolite.com. There's a little ask us a question blur button on the side of the page, and Peter's on the other end of that. We don't have a bot on the other end of that. Right. Yeah, you got to talk to an actual person. An actual and it's free person. A real human. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been doing that for a while, and you have sent all kinds of those questions to us. Yeah, they're a great source of topics for us, which we always love because these are obviously common questions people are out there asking in real life to a real human. Yes. And you've got great answers for us so it's exciting to have you on the show and dig into some of those common questions oh, here. thank you so let's get to that you brought a list with you and i think the first one revolved around wallpaper that's something you get asked a lot that's correct uh, i get asked about wallpaper very very often it is definitely one of the top three questions that i get asked wow. for sure and the uh three questions within wallpaper that i get asked the most is uh do we carry it uh, can I borrow books, and does it need to be ordered, or do you have any in stock? And the answer to that is, yes, we do carry books at all locations, except for Jenison and Muskegon. We uh, do lend the books out, so you can borrow them. Uh, you get about a two-week period. All we need is your name and your phone number. And yes, we do have to order everything. Everything is to order just because we have such a large variety, um, so there's no way for us to keep it in stock. Yeah. And we are always happy to place an order for you. There's a shipping charge, and the wallpaper comes in double rolls, even though it's priced as a single roll. That is so annoying. Yeah, yes. it makes it really confusing. But it's an industry standard, and it it's is. been that way for ages. But yes, it always throws people for a loop. They see whatever the price is, and they assume that's going to be the like everybody would assume, right? Yes. Yeah, that's going to be the price <laughs> per roll. No, that's the price per single. But it only comes in doubles. You can't order a single roll, even if that's all you need, right? Yep. So that's one of the the limits or the downsides uh -huh. to wallpaper. But normally, there's good ways to use up that excess anyway. And it gives you enough in case you're new at installing. Right. So all of that is good information. Now, you mentioned as we were kind of getting ready to start recording this segment that you kind of had some practical stuff that you've run through with people. And you kind of developed a little bit of a, a step one, step two, step three, if you're interested in wallpaper. And I thought that was really good. So why don't you dig into that a little bit? Yes, definitely. Um, the first thing I would do is decide whether you are going to be doing the entire project yourself. Um, or whether or not you're going to be hiring somebody. because it, So before I even start picking out papers, I need to decide this, in your opinion. Yes, I would, I would definitely decide that first. Uh, number one step, uh, decide who's doing the work. Yeah, because if... I mean, if you're not doing it yourself, it seems like there'd be a long lead time to get a wallpaper hanger. And at that point, I mean, no one wants to wait around after they've picked a pattern for weeks or months until they can actually put it on the wall. So I think that makes a lot of sense. It does. And uh, depending on your area, you can ask your local store. You can ask me on the chats. Um, it, we can usually find you somebody to hang wallpaper, but they can be a little bit difficult to get a hold of sometimes. Right. I, it's, you know, think about contractors, painting contractors right now. They're yeah. booking out for months down the road, usually. And that's with 
a, a good number of them. Mm-hmm. Wallpaper hangers are much more rare. Yeah. We don't have as many of those around. And they're also booking out way down the road. So it's like finding somebody to reupholster a couch or something. It's yeah, it can be a little bit <laughs> yeah. of a trick. And I think that's a really good point that if you're not going to do the work, absolutely not interested in it, you don't have anybody in your family or a friend who's done it who can help you, you definitely need to hire somebody. You don't want to go through all the work of finding the paper, buying the paper, and then finding out it's not going to be you know, right. until next year sometime that it's installed. Exactly. And you mentioned that if you are looking for that, you can go to the online chat yep. and talk to you, Peter, and you can try to steer people in the right direction. We also have right on the RepcoLite homepage a Find a Contractor tab, and you can click that and fill out exactly what you're looking for. And that comes to Haley and I, and we'll reach out to the store in your location, you know, near you. And try to find somebody that way and get you some names. So that's a good first step. What do you have next? Um, after you've done that, I would select a few books you like uh, when you do choose to borrow them from us. And I would pick uh, two or three different patterns um, that uh, everybody can agree on. Yeah. Everybody, you mean what? The family? <laughs> yeah. Do you really every- think those patterns exist, Peter? Well, the patterns I, that everybody. I can think agree that on. you can get a baby to agree pretty easily. So yeah, fair. If you if you if you're up against that, you're you're going to have it easy. But yeah, it's definitely a very uh, personality driven sort yeah. of a, a selection to make. Well, it's really personal and subjective. It's that way with paint colors, too. I know when I was working in the stores and helping you know, married couples choose colors, it was always, <laughs> I mean, a little yeah. bit of a struggle because Some you don't necessarily <laughs> see color the same way. So Well, now add color and pattern exactly. and all kinds of things to uh, the, you know, the equation, and, and it can get... It can get real fun. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fun's uh, a good word. I remember for it. <laughs> I brought home a, a wallpaper book and I was I was looking through it with my better half. And uh, I, I remember I, I found one and I was like, oh, I, I really, really like this. I kind of I might want to do the office with this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's that's awful. Terrible. <laughs> and no. I was like, oh, OK, well, you know, we turn the page and I see this this hideous hideous pattern i just can't stand it and she looks at it and she goes oh that is gorgeous the answer <laughs> yeah i shut the book nope i've seen this what you end up doing painting yes yeah. yes we, yeah. we painted the office <laughs> it can be a little bit of a struggle and yeah, so yeah it's a really good idea to take a, a number of books home and work through that with people in the house and you know, everybody's got to give a little bit. Yes. Right. Peter's here for counseling if you want to get online and <laughs> oh, send him pictures because we can do that, yes. right? With yes, the chat. that is a great benefit. That has allowed me to help people out on many, many occasions. A picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah, no kidding. So if you don't want to type a thousand words, send me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> so you can help maybe with some of that, but it, it's a good, good starting point for people to go into it with the idea that you're going to have to negotiate and compromise a little bit if you're working to please a larger group. Yes. So what's next? Um, Well, after you've selected a couple of patterns, um, then you're ready to place the the order. But the reason I say at least a couple of patterns is sometimes uh, wallpaper, and this is industry-wide, they're out of stock or out of print. They've discontinued that particular pattern. And if you only had that one pattern 
then you're kind of out of luck. Right. All your eggs in one basket. Yes, exactly. Right. So now we're not talking about a book that's necessarily been discontinued. We're talking about a pattern within a book. Yes. That's been discontinued. Because normally a discontinued book we'd pull from the shelves. Correct. And we get a notification about that. So most of the time the stores are pretty good about going right over there. It's really easy to do. But if there's only one pattern in the book, well... We don't get notifications about that. You mm. find out when you go to order it. Right. So you go on the website or you go uh, call them over the phone, and it's not until you get to the last step that they're like, oh, by the way, we don't have it. Now, is that something that we could find a couple patterns and then call one of the stores and have them double check that for us? Oh, absolutely. We would do that all the time for people. All uh, right. Just you know, before they even move to the next phase in their project, uh, they would sometimes give us a call um, or come in. Uh, whatever works sure. for you, um, we can we can always make that work. Okay, so pick a couple patterns and all of that. Call the stores if, if you're curious, or go online and chat with Peter about it. He can double check and find yes. out what's available and what's not. One last thing, I think I don't know if it's a question you get. It's something that I always ran into at the store is you can go and, and buy paper or look at paper online yes. and make purchases that way. I ran into a couple issues, you know, personally where I was helping somebody who absolutely detested, they loved it online, mm. but when they literally saw the paper, when they bought it and it came to them, they hated it. Yeah. I mean, do you yeah. run into that? Is that something you see? Constantly, constantly. It makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, well, you know, you look online and um, it's you will get a picture, and when you look at that picture, you might go, "Wow, this is really pretty. I like this color. It looks absolutely gorgeous, and it's affordable." And you you go into the store and you open up the book, uh, and you know you've done the wise thing and you've decided to double check it before you buy it, and you see that it's this horrible digital print and it's pixely, and that red is actually a pink, <laughs> and the the texture you imagined is actually it's just a flat piece of paper. And uh, right. then you flip the page, and a few pages later, that pattern you thought you would absolutely dislike you know, from the same website, you see in person, and it's full of texture, the colors are good, the print looks amazing, and you realize this is actually the pattern I want in my room. And then you'll find out it's discontinued. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you have a backup. <laughs> no, but that is really good advice. And we see that with paint colors all the time, too. You right. should never choose your paint colors from an image that you see online. I mean, Haley, we've worked on things for the website or things for Instagram where we've mm -hmm. tweaked the colors. And we're, we're working on them on my laptop. Right. And we'll get them looking great. And then I'll send you the files. And on your laptop... It won't look like the same thing that we worked on. Right. So just so. a different monitor can look different. <laughs> and we have, we both have Mac computers. So it's not like this should be wildly different. It's just screen settings vary and well, it makes a huge difference. Like I'm the odd one out with a PC in front of me. Yeah, yeah we're sheet. judging oh. you. <laughs> judging you a lot. Anyway, that's all good advice. Peter, we're going to take a break. You've got a couple more common questions that we're going to yes. dig into, but we're going to have to do that on the other side of the break. Can you wait with us? I certainly can. That is the right answer. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and I am in the studio with Haley Johnson. Hello, Dan. And Peter Ogle. Hi. Where does your last name come from? What, what? Uh, Northumbria. 
All right. Yeah, very, very specific um, last name there. It was actually, supposedly, the, the story I got is that it was from Og Hill. And it was actually this hill where my ancestors had a kingdom that they were chased off by a bigger, cooler king. And that's actually how uh, my bloodline wound up in America. I love this. <laughs> so they had a kingdom, yes. but they were driven off by a cooler king. Yeah, yeah. We wow. uh, we did not fight that battle very hard. You even had the hard. high ground. Yeah, yeah. No, for <laughs> shame. What happened? I, well, I think that's why I'm sitting here with a PC and you two have MacBooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, my family held the high ground oh. and I maintained that. Well, then how did you wind up in America? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a great story, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, That kind of embarrasses me because I've got nothing. Right? Uh, I don't know. I kind of wish I still had the castle, but I I guess I don't have that either. Yeah. At least you have the story. You've got the story, and that's worth something, right? It's not, you know, as cool as a MacBook, but it's still (laughs) pretty cool. Anyway, Peter runs the online chat. If you tuned in last segment, we introduced him. If you haven't, if you didn't. What's wrong with you? What right? is wrong? We got a full hour, and we expect people to catch all of it. But if you didn't, you maybe had a reason, and maybe it's a good reason. If you didn't catch it, Peter runs the online chat at RepcoLite.com. You've been doing that for about a year, and you run it from 8 in the morning on the weekdays till till 9 at night. night. 9 at night. Do you yeah. ever go past nine because you're answering questions, or do you just shut sometimes it off I at do. nine? Um, actually, there are some times where I will have talked to somebody around eight, and they will be in the middle of a project, and I'll hang around for another half hour or so just in case they, they need a little something, um, or they run into a, a, an issue, a snag in their project. Um, Peter's so the it's, best. Yeah, well, it's, it's not just like a strict <laughs> nine I'm, o'clock punch out. Well, oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. i got to interrupt really you, Peter. Oh. I'm, well, I... I can feel the bruised ego from here. It, it, it hurts. <laughs> I like to think of myself as the best, Haley. Or at least pretty good. We'll just say that. Peter's How about a, the best technical support the, we have for He's the our, only one that we've got right now. Right? Yeah, that makes me the best. You yeah. are awesome. <laughs> you see how that works? I do. <laughs> anyway, last segment we talked about some of the common questions you, you, you get. And wallpaper was the big focus last time, last segment. Yes. This segment, we're going to shift into some other things. And you kind of, you surprised me. You, you told me before we went on air that the topic was going to be poplar. Yes. And I assumed we were going to talk about staining poplar and how, mm-hmm. how that's such a struggle to get poplar to look good when it's stained. And actually, you had a whole different angle for this one. Yeah. Uh, while I do get questions about that a lot, we also have a really good article. It's one of the most actually favorite articles, I think, of people um, about how to stain it. That is an article somebody who's pretty brilliant wrote hmm. a long time ago. Does their last name end with Hanson? It <laughs> sure, sure sounds like it. <laughs> no, yeah, that, it, you'd say that's a good article. Yeah. Well, thanks, Peter. Uh, that means a lot coming from somebody who used to have a kingdom. In yeah. their family. And is now in a high high position of technical support. Yeah. <laughs> the best technical support <laughs> that best. we've got. But yeah, that article, we'll put a link in the show notes. I don't know if it's the best, but it's, it's all right. It walks you through some of the issues that you can run into and how to avoid them Yes, uh, it, when you're staining poplar. But you wanted to talk about something different. And you wanted to talk about using poplar, when to use it and when not to use it. Yes. Um, so I see poplar used correctly all the time. It's actually, fortunately, the most common thing is it's correctly used uh interior trim other things like this Even, painted surfaces like yeah, that right. painted it's, surfaces. it's yeah. excellent for that it's definitely utility wood it's not 
beautiful. Yes, <laughs> it sure. looks fine until you stain it. Yeah. It's so soft, it absorbs that stain and it gets very blotchy and surprises people very quickly. Yes. Yeah. But if you use it in the right way, it can look great. And, and it's, it's a paintable wood. That's right. the wood that we'd recommend for yes. painting. But you were saying that you saw it actually used in a couple of instances outside, yes. even. Yeah. And you were able to save people from jumping into that project. Yes, uh, very fortunately. Um, There were a couple of people who wanted to use it for an exterior building project, not just as a decoration, not like some small little like, oh, hey, I'm carving this pretty ornate thing and then I'm going to stain it and hang it on my wall outside so the the birds can have a bird feeder or something like that. It was uh, I'm making a bridge. Yeah. I'm building a treehouse, <laughs> and that can lead to some serious disaster because it is not meant to support that kind of weight. It is not meant to take weather. Right, it it's is soft wood. Yeah, it is very soft wood in the truest of the the word. It is soft. It is weak. It um, is weak. The, the grain is is small. <laughs> it is it, it can break very easily, um, and because it's soft, it can loosen up very easily. Yeah. Well, taking it's... any interior grade wood and using that in an exterior situation, you've you're always going to run into trouble with that. Even coating it, even doing everything you can to protect it, yes. right. it's just not going to last. It's not made for that. And poplar is one of the worst, you know, for that kind of an application. There there aren't many that are worse. No, no, there really isn't. Awesome um, wood. That's probably yeah. Worse. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, so somebody reached out to you in what in what regard? They were asking what to do yeah, to code it, or yeah, they they um, <laughs> it was actually very fortunate that they reached out to me. Um, and this is one of the things I do really like about my job is that um, you, you can help get a project either back on track or prevent it from being derailed. And mm-hmm. they had not yet begun construction on their bridge. And uh, they were like, yeah, I saw your, your article, uh, Seven Tips on How to Stain Poplar. And I was just wondering what happens when you use the exterior stain on it. And I'm like, wait, why would you like to use exterior? And they're like, well, I'm building a bridge. And I'm like, oh, whoa, wait, wait. Wait a second. <laughs> you mean like, is this like a small model bridge? Or right. No, it's going to go across my creek in my backyard. And uh, I thought, you know, we could walk on it, my whole family and... I was like, uh, no, no, don't do it. <laughs> well, what was the reason? Why did they want to go with Poplar? Somehow they got a large amount of it for free. Oh, okay. So they well, were like, I hey, I have this see free, that yeah, free wood. I might as well put it to use. I wanted a bridge. <laughs> yeah, I've just... always wanted a bridge. Yeah. If I had free wood, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'd be inclined yeah. to, to cast wisdom and well, common sense to with... the side. Yeah. The prices of lumber, I mean, yeah. free it's, wood, yeah. that's a big deal. <laughs> right. Uh, but as we were talking and saying earlier, even coating that with you know, an exterior product and the best best things to yeah. help it resist the weather, it's just not going to last. No. So you were able to, to stop them in that regard. Yes. So don't use poplar outside. Yes. Not meant for that. Pine, no. not meant for that unless it's pressure treated. Yes. Um, you also mentioned another instance where I, th- I don't think you could stop this one. I think they did it. They put poplar oh, on a floor, yes. right? Yes. How'd uh, that play out? Very unfortunate. Um, they put the poplar on the floor. They did all this work oh, to geez. ensure that it looked good. They they followed the staining procedures to a T, and they were really happy with how it turned out. Um, but after their three layers of polyurethane um, that they thought would give them the durability they needed, mm-hmm. it did not. And alas, they got a dent 
in their floor and it immediately cracked off the, the polyurethane and they were kind of upset about that. Um, but they didn't think too much of it. And within the month, they had 12 more of those yeah. and their floor was d- a disaster. Where? What floor? What room? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it might have been a, like a mud room or something. That's, okay. um, it was a while back, but um, yeah, no, it, it definitely does not take abuse. No, I'm, I'm sure that's not a common question that you run into, that no. people put this on a floor. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not. Most but you do time. run into lots of questions about Poplar. Yes. Yeah, most of the time people will just go to the, the store and they'll buy wood flooring. Right, and they, that they can just click together. But this person, uh, I actually think it was a similar story where they actually received uh, Poplar for free, and they were like, I can do my small, small room sure. with this because it was free and they're nicely cut. And Poplar oftentimes comes very nicely cut. Yeah, it's real and, smooth. Yeah. I mean, and so I think the fits. thinking there was I can encode it and make it look nice, and it will be um, one more thing I don't have to pay additional money for. Sure, right? Yeah, the big thing with Poplar is use it for where, like you're saying, use it where it's meant to be used. One of the biggest things I always saw, you know, and that was years back in the store. Uh, cherry kitchens were hugely popular, mm. you know, cabinets and everything, but it was expensive, and so people would get Poplar, which actually, graining wise, can look similar. You know, unstained, it can look almost like cherry, but it's way less expensive. And so people would buy that and then we would get them in the store and they'd say, I just need this piece to look like this cabinet. And oh, that's a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use poplar where it's just not going to succeed or do very well. And it will look great when it's painted. Not going to look great stained. It's definitely too soft for floors. It's definitely not an exterior grade yeah. uh, wood. Very interesting uh, situations there, Peter. The last thing that you had, you only have a few minutes. What was the last one? Um, the last one is the question of the century. Do we take... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I just told you, you have two minutes. <laughs> Make it brief. And you lead with, this is the question of the century. Yes, but I assure Accomplished you... Accomplished in two minutes by I, Peter Ogle. Go. I assure you, short... Do we take recycled paints? Yes, we take water-based paints. It costs $3 per container and must be in its original container so that we can sort it out. But if you have some in your basement and you just don't want it around anymore, we will happily take it off your hands. Yeah, very good. You did it, Peter. You took you, you crammed it. the Thank question you. of the century into probably about 30 seconds. Impressive work. This is why you're on a chat. Oh, thank you. Keep it short and keep it sweet. Economy of words. (laughs) Anyway, Peter Ogle, you man that chat Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 at night. 8 in the morning till 9 at night. Correct. Saturdays, 8 to 3. Anybody out there, if you have questions about anything, right? I mean, before you jump in and buy a bunch of wood that you're not sure is right for your project, if you're trying to figure out if the wallpaper pattern that you picked is going to be available or discontinued, or really anything else. You can help them with that, right? All sorts of questions. Yeah. Find it online at repcolite.com. Peter, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we're back, we're going to be talking about yards and how to keep yours looking great. Great. Did you hear that, Haley? Yeah. Did you hear that, Peter? I certainly did. That's why my family lost its kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be talking about how to keep your lard. Your your lard looking your great. Lard. <laughs> I like to oh. lather my yeah I, baby oil on my lard. <laughs> it looks pretty shiny in the sun. We'll help you keep your yard looking great. That's what I'm trying to say all summer long. That's coming up just ahead. Stick around.
you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. So, Haley, what do you think your biggest problem is? What your summer problem? Like a you know a summer problem? <laughs> Life? Did I ask that Just the wrong got way? Real deep, yeah. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm thinking, and there's no problem with it, but maybe that came out wrong. Summer is probably sunburn. Oh, yeah. You sunburn easily. Real easily. I got like third degree sunburn once, or maybe second degree. Whatever the blistering is. You blistered from I, sunburn? Yeah. It was, and on my face, too. I was in high school. It was so embarrassing. Oh. Yeah. It was bad. I'm glad I never had anything embarrassing happen to me in high school. No. I never had enough friends to make embarrassing (laughs) things matter. So my big summer problem is yard problems. And and it's not actually a problem. It's my... It's the lack of problems. No, no, no. No, it's trying to ward (laughs) off potential problems. Sure. My yard looks really nice and it has nothing to do with what I've done. I inherited a beautiful yard and now I've got this incredible burden of maintaining it and making it look good. And it stresses me out, honestly, because there is so much to know and so many things that I do that seem intuitive. Yeah, just that like are watering. Actually okay. wrong, you know, or ways to do them wrong. And so I thought, let's dig into that, especially with we had a lot of dry time and in this early summer. Now we had a fair amount of rain. And, you know, it's Michigan. We're, we're going to go back and forth. Yeah. But let's talk about different things that we can do to help our yards, whether it's rainy time or whether it's actually, you know, a dry spell. And all of these things will apply. Now, the first thing that we dug into and, and most critical thing is don't overwater the yard. This is like the worst thing that you can do, actually. It's worse than underwatering. Overwatering is terrible because it makes the roots grow really shallow so they don't search out water. They're not working for it. Right. <laughs> right. They're not going anywhere. It's all right there. It's being delivered to them and they don't have to do anything for it. Makes it makes them susceptible they're to so drought weak. and disease. Yes. Susceptible yeah, to all of those things. You don't want that. So you've got to water in the right amounts. A couple of really quick ways you can test if you're overwatering your yard. First one. First two, because they're really, really, really obvious. <laughs> if the water is running off your yard in little rivers and streams when you water, it's too much. Yeah. Right? Because it's it, the, the ground is saturated. It can't take anymore. You know? Just stop for a little bit. Give it a break. Seriously, that poor yard. Right. If it's really <laughs> spongy, I've had that. I've had that where the kids run around the house playing games and there's one section. It's like squishy. Oh, yeah. They just tear up the yard mm-hmm. because it's so spongy there. Way too much water. Those are obvious ones. A couple that are less obvious, though, are the crabgrass. Yeah, and one that you have, actually, which is the mushrooms. Right. If you have either one of those things growing in large amounts... That's a good sign that you're overwatering. For me, it's the mushrooms. It happens every year. I didn't realize that's what it was. You just thought like, oh, this is the time the oh, mushrooms The grow. mushrooms are coming. <laughs> yeah. No, it's because this is always a time where I'm overwatering. So yeah. avoid that. That makes now, a lot of sense. How do you do that? What are you shooting for when you're watering your yard? One inch over the course of a week. Right. And that's basic. You may have different types of grass that require different amounts of water. We're just kind of making a... Very basic general, general statement there. Statement. Right. Now, that inch of water is going to penetrate about six inches into the soil. And you can get that one inch of water. Most sprinkler systems are going to get you there if you sprinkle two to three times a week and basically run it 20 to 30 minutes in each of those zones. Yeah. 
It may need to be tweaked, probably will need to be tweaked. But you start with that, that's a great place to start, and then you pay attention to the art and let it talk to you and tell you exactly what's going on. One way for it to talk to you is with the screwdriver test. We did this outside the studio, and it was actually pretty obvious. We tested a dry spot. It was you know, brown, clearly underwatered, and the screwdriver only went down three or four inches maybe, and then it was really tough to go yeah, any further. Yeah, we met resistance. Yes. Ideally, you would want your screwdriver to go down six to seven inches really easily. We had a couple of other spots where obviously it had received enough water and it went through like butter. Right. Super simple. A great test. It's not super sciencey, but it will give you a ballpark idea. And then you adjust your system as necessary. There are other methods, but those are the ones we've got time for. I've got a couple of zones that I've had to bump up the time and a couple that I had to lower it after running these little tests and stuff like that. You're going to have to do that, but it's definitely worth the tweaking. So what time do you water your lawn? Mine is watered at four in the morning, I believe, is when the whole thing kicks on. And that's correct. Turns out to be the right time to do it. And that had nothing to do with me. That was the previous owner had it all set up, right? I just need to make sure the battery's in that thing and and it doesn't lose its memory. Well, I think a lot of people don't know this necessarily, though, because I see sprinklers running all times of day, even at night sometimes. Right. And the thing that makes the morning the right time is that that gives the moisture an opportunity to soak into the yard. It also ensures that your yard's going to be dry by the time we hit nightfall. Yeah, because if... You're watering at night, the water's penetrating, which is good, but it's also not evaporating when it's on the grass. So it actually causes some issues with mold and mildew and disease. Right. Now, if you can't get up early, don't want to get up early and lug your sprinkler manually around your yard. Don't want to do that at four in the morning. The next best is to shoot for about four in the afternoon to six in the evening. Right. So like right when you get home from work, basically. And that's when I water my garden usually because I'm not going to wake up super early to do all that. I have to go around with a watering can. So I'm a you know, before dinner water. All right. Now, one last thing that we've got time for is you've got to leave the grass longer. I'm actually really good at this one. I leave it pretty long and then I cut it pretty short. So you've got a hack and slash method kind of a thing. Let Uh it grow and then slash it really short. Exactly. Let it grow a long time. Because then I don't really have short. to mow as often. See, that's not what we're getting at here. That's that's not productive. That's not a way to get a healthy lawn. See, letting it grow longer, that part you've got, mm-hmm. that's good <laughs> for it because it actually encourages deeper root growth and helps keep it healthier in conditions that are dry. But you don't want to hack that much of your yard off every single time. You want to really only remove one to two inches with each mow, somewhere in that range. So you're actually mowing more often. You're going to mow more often, and you're going to let that grass stay higher. So basically, bump up the settings on the mower deck, You know, raise it to one of the higher settings, mm-hmm. and run with that. Yeah, you'll be mowing more often, but the lawn's going to be healthier, and it's going to look better. You'll get great exercise. Okay, yeah, you sold me. Now, the exercise part sounds see? awesome. And then as you head into <laughs> fall, you can lower that deck and start cutting shorter again. All of those things are going to be in the show notes, along with everything else that we talked about on the show today. That's all the time we've got, so we're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this episode again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And right there, you can also subscribe to our podcast and never miss another episode. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open till 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hanson. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.